Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary in Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. I am so glad you're here. You know why? Why? We have a great show for you this week. <laughs> My guest in the ADD interview is actor, writer, comedian, Jimmy Schubert. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our super fan shout-out is for Amanda Castron. I just like <laughs> saying it like that. Amanda Castron. <laughs> Amanda. Yeah, Amanda Castron. Yes. Castron. It's a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and Jimmy Schubert is our guest. Jimmy Schubert was... Um, He's a great comic, Phil. We, me, Phil and I have known him for years. He was one of uh, Kinnison's outlaws, and he's a really, really funny dude. So I'm really glad he's made some time for us today. And I want to begin today's proceedings by telling you guys that I lied. What do you mean you lied? I lied. What? I had to lie. You uh, lied. I did, yeah. It was, I was in New York. It was great. I did some stand-up. I went back to the cellar. I saw my mom, and uh, a friend of mine has a daughter that wants to be an actor, mm-hmm. and did a little bit of an audition, asked my opinion. So I was there, and this kid was did a scene and sang a song, and I said, oh, you just got to keep working. It's really, really good. And she was terrible. <laughs> just terrible. Wow. Just nails on a chalkboard terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And you yeah. can't tell her that, right? Can't tell her that. You know uh, what? I think no. she's going to find out now. Not from me. Covering my ass. <laughs> Look, sorry. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? I'm just some guy. That's it. Some yep. guy to play the fireman. That's it. Fireman, cop. That's it. <laughs> no, I mean. Can't help you. If Drove they... cars fast. Don't know nothing about the theater. Good <laughs> luck to you, Annie. Yep. Can't freaking do it. <laughs> the sun will come out tomorrow. Never took so long in my mind when this child was singing it. I mean. <laughs> Adam. What? I'm not going to hurt the kids' feelings. Look, I would rather be kind than be right. 
She's not talented. <laughs> no. But I'm not going to be the one to say that. I'll yeah. be kind in the moment. Yeah. No, you're not yeah. getting it. You're, now she's going to find out because if she listens to the podcast. Ooh. Oh, shit. I didn't think it is. <laughs> no, I don't think you did. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> just thinking the same thing. <laughs> because, I mean, we all have those moments, but you just made it worldwide. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> I th I think someone is going to find the, the the true talent that is hidden in the child. I'm just I'm not qualified to see it. Okay, okay, Adam, that's what you're going with. That's what I'm going with. Okay, I'm not okay. qualified to see it. I, I got it. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> who am I? Yeah, yeah, who are you? That's it. That, that, so that's what we're going with. Who the hell am I? Exactly. There you go, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> and who would take advice from me? <laughs> That's the other thing. Do you ever take advice from someone you really, you shouldn't have? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I had a chiropractor once tell me to run on my tippy toes when I was running back then. Why? Yeah. And I listened to him. Tippy I don't toes? know, man. And I, and, and I'm a, you know, and I'm a jackass. I'm gullible. Oh, run on my tippy. So I'm running on my tippy toes. Three what? miles. Totally what? fucked up my ankle. Why you? What you? First of all, you've never ran three miles in your life, so I don't believe <laughs> yes, this I, story. Hey, hey, when I was twenty-two, yes, I did. Oh my god, I just want to picture him running on his tippy toes yes. now. I was running on my tippy toes. Yeah, that's but, hilarious. Why would you tell me to do that? Like Swan Lake. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said it would strengthen my calves. You want to strengthen your calves? Run on your tippy toes. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. Phil, can I just ask you, did this chiropractor, somebody you saw face-to-face -face or on the phone, did he sound <laughs> vaguely like Adam? <laughs> that would make more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, did, I didn't know Adam back then, but you know what? That's, yeah, that would have totally been, you know, realistic. When you asked that question, mm -hmm. you know what I thought of? What? Which is a bit obscure. When I was in Hawaii, I was with my girlfriend, and the bartender said, oh, those blue Hawaiians... No, they're 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 just like foo foo drinks. Right. They, no, go ahead and have some. They they won't do anything to you. They're they're just like fruit drinks. Mm. And and we listened. And you drank them. And I woke up, you know, in a pool <laughs> in a pool on a raft. Yeah. Okay. The man was trying to get into your pants. <laughs> what do I? Well, I'm just saying. Okay. We should not have listened to him. No, of course you shouldn't no. have listened to him. <laughs> now I gotta go to Hawaii and beat the hell out of this guy. Yes, Mark. <laughs> By the way, you know who's done that to me? Who? Any person in a clothing store that I said, how does this look on me? It looks Aww. great, sir. Yeah. yeah. And then I walk cool. out and everyone's like, what the hell happened to you? That's, yeah. That's, that's not kind. That's trying to make money. That's what <laughs> that is. Yeah. It's different. That's a sale. <laughs> I took it. This, and I forget what the show was. It was for NBC. I was doing stand-up. Uh, there was a dude doing hair and makeup. And he goes, you would look so good if I ironed your hair. Because I had long hair. This guy ironed my friggin' hair. That's fine. No, it's not. Mm. <laughs> I've never heard of I that in my that. entire no. lifetime. They do it all the time. Well, not to me. This guy the ironed my iron. friggin' hair. Yeah. <laughs> you probably just... Did you, you have to lay your head on an ironing board? No. no. He had this thing. Actually, He's ironing they... my hair. He's looking... I should have known something was up when he rested his balls on my knee. You know, that could have been something. <laughs> no. That there no. was an agenda there they... I wasn't aware of. They do oh that all God. the time. Oh, my goodness. She sends me out on TV looking like Edith Head. That's <laughs> I actually want to see what that what you look like with um, straight hair. Yeah, That's what it, it does. It's, it's, it's somewhere on hair. the Internet. And when you look at it, you're going to think to yourself, this is a guy with straight hair who's not qualified to give anybody acting advice. That's what I look like. <laughs> Good save, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Saving my ass. No. <laughs> no. Listen, straight hair. I'm going to tell you one time. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
you did the right thing there and you mm. did a great job. Okay. I'm just telling you personally, Adam, mm. you did a terrific job. Thank right? you. Thank you. Now am, I, now am I being true or am I being kind? I don't, oh. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> little white lie here, little white lie there. You could think you're being kind. I'm, I'm going to take it as, as, as it's the truth. So it doesn't matter. Look, you live your reality. I'll live mine. <laughs> I got offered when I first moved to L.A., mm -hmm. I got offered to be the weatherman. <laughs> I Say did. what? KTLA. I did this thing for KTLA, uh, some some game show thing. I hosted this thing from that didn't get picked up, but the mm -hmm. lady called me in mm -hmm. and said, do you want to be the weatherman in the morning? I'm like, don't you got to go to school and learn, like, what a barometric pressure is and maps and <laughs> shit? Don't you got to, like, go to school? Nah. I guess be funny. Point. <laughs> I go, what? Yeah. I go, oh I my know. God. I don't want to be the weatherman. I'm not qualified to be the man. She goes, it's, 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 they're never right anyway. Just go and be <laughs> funny. Hilarious. She makes a good point. And by the yes, way, it's yeah. LA. All yeah. you got to do is say, you know, it's going to be sunny in about 85 today or 80 today, whatever it is out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like the same every single day. Yeah. I yeah. just, and I didn't take it because I was like, I'm not qualified to do this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You should have taken it. Well, go to your window and look out. That's the weather. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you should change your name from Adam Ferrara to like Stormy Ferrara. Oh, yeah. That you got to change your name. Yes, that's, that's what sure. I'm going to be. Stormy, because that name yeah. carries a lot of gravitas lately. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's actually a weatherman in New York named Storm Fields. Storm that's Fields, his name. yeah. Yeah. Storm Fields. Yeah. His father was Frank Fields, so, and he was a weatherman. <laughs> he was. The father was Frank yeah. Fields. He was the weatherman. That is correct, sir. You are correct, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, well, I, I, I didn't take the gig. <laughs> well, yeah, because what you don't want is to be in the middle of the broadcast and then, like, in the playful back and forth with one of the anchors. They say, well, what about that high-pressure system that's moving in over the Sierras? And you're like, yeah, I don't know, watch watch me do something funny. Like, you have no answer for that. You, I would be like, you have no idea the pressure I'm under. You think yeah. I care about the high Sierras? An <laughs> I never went to school for this crap. Why yeah. are you pushing me? Yep. Oh my gosh! I want you as the weatherman now. You want me as the weatherman? Yeah, you'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm not qualified <laughs> to do that. <laughs> and in this interview, I will tell you this: uh, <laughs> Jimmy mentions Ozzy Osbourne, which is qualified to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Listen closely and see if you think Ozzy's qualified to do the task at hand in which he was assigned. <laughs> it's really okay. funny. You guys listen to this, and we'll see you on the other side. Here are some telltale signs on how to spot a bad barber. I should have known something was up when he rested his balls on my knee. You know, that could have been something. <laughs> no, that there no. was an agenda there I wasn't aware of. You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is an old pal. He's an actor, comedian you know from the King of Queens entourage. He was a finalist in Last Comic Standing. He's been in the movies Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the movie Go, with our friend and friend of the show, Jay Moore. He started as a doorman at the comedy store, became one of Sam Kennison's outlaws. He's a magician who passed at the Magic Castle. He almost lost a leg. He has traveled the world, done a one-nighter in Beijing, and we were both thrown into the back of a pickup, driven into the desert, and I'm not sure how we got back <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls that's my pal jimmy sherwood how are you baby i remember that yeah. on new year's eve no less i think we're so we're in the back of this shitty pickup truck on the way to a house party and we were just looking at each other going we just did two sold out shows at the freaking 10 p.m problem now we're in the back of a pickup truck yeah ah i, I remember that that's I, I remember being in the back of a truck with you. We're heading out to the de- and it was it wasn't really a house party. It was like an outdoor party in the desert. We were outside. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. I, w- I was sketchy on the details about actually where it went. I just remember looking at you as <laughs> in the back of this truck. Going, what have we done with our lives? <laughs> We just did two sold-out shows of the improv, and now we're in the back in, in this dirty pickup truck. Yeah. And we're just looking across at each other. Call what? I was like, is what this, have we done? Is this it, Jimmy? We got yes. Italians don't like going out to the desert. We don't think we're coming back. Ah, that's hilarious, dude. Oh, that was so funny. funny. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's it's so funny because uh, you know over the years I've seen you in auditions, and mm-hmm. man, boy, do you work as an actor? I mean, like I, I like every time I see you in something. I'm so uh, proud of you and oh, happy thanks. for you because, I mean, man, you're like one of those stand-up comedians who really makes a living as an actor. There's a, there's a few guys, Jamie Kaler, I mean, that, that they, they can actually really act and, and act well. You were on Dennis Leary's The Job. and I mean, I, I always see you and stuff, and I'm very happy for you, man. Oh, thanks, pal. As I am you. I mean, you're one of those guys that when we see each other, it's a big yeah. hug. We catch up real quick. Um, yeah. And that, but you're when I do see you, it's not really. I don't really see you a lot because you travel the freaking world, man. It's amazing the places you have gone to do comedy. It's so funny. I just spoke with my buddy uh, Augustino Zoida, who lives mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. I just got him into do. I just got him a gig over in Dubai. He's just over in Dubai. He did right. some shows over there for the Laughter Factory, and then he stayed for an extra couple of days and did the Dubai Comedy Festival. Uh, you know, the one thing I will tell you, and, and before the pandemic, I went to uh, India with Russell Peters mm-hmm. to open some of his shows over there. And man, I mean, to go to India with Russell Peters, he's like Elvis over there. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable, like 6,000 seat arenas. I mean, Russell Peters is a true international comedy superstar. I mean, and, and that he was gracious enough to ask me to go with him, man. It was unbelievable, like life changing uh, trip. And, and, but, you know, the thing is, I'm glad I did all that before mm-hmm. this pandemic. I don't know how much I'm going to do now. Right. But Jesus, I'm glad I, I'm glad that I that, that I did it. I mean, seeing the world and getting to travel the world is a, a you know, education unto itself. I mean, one of my favorite trips, I went to Afghanistan with True Carey. Mm-hmm. It was Steve Byrne, True Carey, myself, Pedro Hernandez and Dave Mordal. 
And we went over into these uh, forward operating bases on the front lines of Pakistan and Afghanistan and did some shows for the military. Uh, really uh, freaking adventure travel, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my God. But uh but I've also done a lot of those armed forces entertainment shows. I love them. I just love traveling the world. I love, I mean, you know, I was sitting in, I, I really did go to a, I essentially, I went to Beijing for a one nighter when, and it flew to Shanghai and did the rest of the mm. tour over there. But, uh, you know, got to see Tiananmen square and I, and I was sitting there, I was going, you know, some people will work their entire lives to save up enough money to go yeah. on a vacation like yeah. this. And here I am, I get to go do this. I get to see this. I also get to make a living doing it. I get to meet friends all over the world. You know, my uncle, when I was little, he used to say, you know, you could drop me out of a plane or parachute out of a plane. I'd land at by eight o'clock that night. I'd have a warm meal in my stomach. I'd have a bed to sleep in. I'd have 20 bucks in my pocket. But, you know, <laughs> I feel like that sometimes where you know people all over the world. You, you travel the world. Like, you know, nobody does it more than Tom Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. Who, who like, I mean, I, I remember one time he threw his passport next to mine and it was like this thick. He had a couple things stuffed in there. As I had like passport every go, bro, let's, he's, he really travels the world. So, I mean, he kind of hit me to it and, and that there's this great, you know, people forget, you know, state of comedy really is a, a uniquely American art form like mm. jazz music. And, but the internet's made the world smaller. So they see, us doing it. a lot of these countries. I mean, you go to Singapore and see these comics. Like, I mean, at, at the Beijing, that one nighter, there were people there at an open mic night doing comedy. I mean, right. comedians are like freaking cockroaches. They're everywhere trying to, you know, do their jokes. And some guys are doing learn learn Chinese to do their act in Chinese for some of the. I mean, it's it's crazy. And in Singapore, if you step out of line and say something wrong, you're going to jail. Yeah. So it's not even. It's not even like a joke. I mean, it's 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 like the real deal over there. So you got to be kind of careful. You have to observe the country's cultures as you go there to perform. But they love American stand-ups. They do. Yeah, yeah. You know? Singapore, you don't get booed. You get caned. You get caned. Yeah, yeah. Singapore is a as a but you're you're performing place. you're performing for English speaking people, right? Yes, like correct. And stuff. Correct. Absolutely. Well, in China, they have these. Uh, communities like 25,000 expats mm. that are over there teaching English to Chinese. A lot of these kids graduate college, have all this college, uh, have all this debt. So they immediately go to China right. and they'll stay there for a couple of years and teach and get paid really well and get everything, uh, all the accommodations taken care of. And so then they can, you know, pay down their debt and some, you know, do it for two years and then head back. And that way they can kind of start, you know, a new, uh, you know, start, a little bit uh, with a clean slate. That's great. All right. What country would you love to go back to? What what place would you prefer not to go back to? Man, I'll tell you, I loved Israel. I yeah. absolutely loved Israel. I was I was there with Avi Lieberman. Sure. Books those shows. And uh, I mean, it really is a beautiful place. The people are amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and and, and uh, my, my, my really favorite was, was to go into Ireland with my, my mom, dad came out, my aunt, my uncles, a bunch of my oh, brothers yeah. joined me. I was over there for the Bulmers Comedy Festival. I was with Don Myrera and uh, Emo Phil and some Mike Birbiglia. And we were doing some theater shows over there. But yeah, those two places were pretty kind of magical for as far as I was concerned. I would love to go back to either one of them. Mm -hmm. And what place were you like, you know what, maybe, maybe I won't rebook this. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm good with it. I did three tours of Asia. I'm good. All right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm good. <laughs> was it the heat? Was it the food? Here's the thing I was getting. The food is what I was like, listen, man, I get I eat the wrong thing at Whole Foods. And I'm like, yeah, I, I this is going to be a long night, you know? Yeah. You could see that, like, you know, the, you go to some place that they have this thing called Asian street meat. Yeah. Like you go and they're just cooking it on a fire. I mean, there is no, 
I mean, if you thought the New York City hot dog carts were unsanitary, right? I mean, these people—it's just—it's—it's it's incredible. That's why I always say people who bitch about America or bitch about this country have never stepped outside. Yeah, of it. yeah. If you go, just go outside. Just the infrastructure alone. Yeah. I mean, on, on stuff, you go get back and you kiss Tierra Firma and go, "Thank God I'm home." Had a blast. But that's the great thing I love about traveling. It's an education unto itself, and it's something that nobody can ever take away from you. Yeah. And it really is kind of. Uh, it, it really is kind of. Uh, Cool to see the world. I don't know how much I'll be doing of that now. Mm-hmm. You know, had a good good run. You know? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I know the run you had, so that's why I wanted yeah. to talk to you. You started as a doorman at the comedy store. Uh, yeah. And, and then you started doing stand-up, and you were actually in a house with uh, Mark Marin, Dice, and Sam, and uh, you were doing stand-up then. Tell me tell Yeah, me well, there's story. a place behind a comedy store called Crest Hill, mm-hmm. and, and the house... Is uh, it's notorious. And Mitzi bought it. Yeah. When she bought the old Ciro's, the house came with it. And there was like mob, t- you know, there was the mob connections and whatnot. It was an old Ciro's nightclub. Frank Sinatra used to go there. That's, that's the, it was the Ciro's. That's where he punched the photographer outside the mm-hmm. nightclub. It was the comedy store. It was the old Ciro's. But that's the famous photograph of Jane Russell staring at Marilyn Monroe's boobs. Or, right. It was taken in there. It used to be the go to spot. The house behind it was like a kind of a party house. But, uh, you know, Mitzi bought that room. She also got the house. And and that was her like where she would put all the comedians that would come from out of town. And if they needed a place to stay till they could get set up there. I mean, she was nice enough to do that. That was kind of a but Marin was up there. I was up there. Kinison would come up there. You know, Dice had lived there at one point. Mm. Uh, I think Tom Wilson did. Yakov Shmirnov. I mean, over the years, a number of comedians had stayed there and. uh and that was kind of where, uh, you, you know, until they got their chops underneath, got the legs underneath. And, right. and so uh, I was there uh, because I didn't have anywhere else to go. And so mm-hmm. I was kind of crashing there illegally. And, and then and then I was allowed to crash there because Kinnison ratted me out and said, he's staying there. But he's he's one of the guys who should be staying there. Right. You know, because and, and kind of so he ratted me out and stuck up for me at the same time. And that was all right. But uh, um yeah, it was interesting, man. It was like, that was like my college, the way I look sure. at it. I mean, I was a kid when I came out there, you know, and I'd start, you know, and, 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 and so I got to work the door and, and, and it was really like, you know, it was a different time. And then uh, I remember the night they hired me as a doorman uh, was the night Tony Clifton was going on in, in, in the main room. And, and people don't know who Tony Clifton was. Yeah. It was a character that uh, Andy Kaufman created. But had since in in the time had given the character to Bob Zamuda, mm-hmm. and this is about a year after Andy's death, and so Tony Clifton was coming back, and we thought, oh, Andy's done it. He's pulled the prank. He's he really faked his own death. He's coming back, and it was Bob Zamuda, and and so they needed. It was like you know the camera crews and sure. everything, and Angeline, and, and and Tony Clifton comes pulling up with that Angelique girl who drives that pink Cadillac yeah. with a big hoverballoon and, and they go in there and literally Tony Clifton comes on, throws a drink on somebody. He's, he flicks a cigarette at somebody before, you know, people started running out of the place and it was like a madness. <laughs> Welcome to the comedy store. That was the, <laughs> that was the first night I started working there as a doorman, and it was, uh, it was madness and mayhem, but you know, uh, you know, that's where I, you know, uh, later, you know, you know, met, met Sam Kinison and, and and Carl LeBeau, who just passed away. God rest, God rest his soul. soul. Yeah, yeah, good, good dude. Yeah, he's uh, Carl. Really was the guy. Like you know, he's kind of like my big brother in comedy. He really taught me how to do stand up because you know I was on opening with Sam and Sam was doing like five thousand seats, six thousand seats arenas. And Carl LeBeau's 
go, hey, you got to perform the whole joke. You got to make 6,000 seats intimate, kid. You got to yeah. do, you know, be, don't, don't just tell the joke, perform the joke, be the joke. And so Carl was really probably uh, one of the bigger influences in my in, in my career. Uh, God rest his soul. He's one of my best friends, but he just passed away recently. Yeah. So uh, Carl, that, had, I mean, he it, had a it, kindness it, to him, Carl. He had, he really had a kindness to him, especially if you were a comic and you were, and you listened to him, he would take the time to, tell you about the not only the joke but the presentation sam, i met sam a couple times but it was always like hi hi you know quick you know sam was always yeah yeah Car- was, i agree with you 100 percent. carl was a was a special guy and uh you know well, shoot man I, it's so funny because I, I you know I, I just heard about paul mooney which is horrible i used to mm. watch paul mooney like every night in the original room of the comedy store and watch this guy i mean boy you talk about i mean he was just a master like he was great man i, I could watch him every night the audience would love him and hate him and love him and hate yeah, him and yeah. love him and hate him. And then, but he was so good and he just had this great, he just didn't give a fuck attitude. And it was really fun to watch him and he would just kill every night. And he was hilarious. So you're at the store, you're working and, uh, you know, Sam knew you and Sam stuck up for you. Uh, when did Sam actually say, okay, come on, you're coming on the road with me. I remember the motorcycle story. <laughs> yeah. Well, the motorcycle story is crazy. I mean, that's where I think, like he just thought I had some balls on me. I mean, mm. he loved my, uh, you know, kind of my cockeyed chutzpah that I just drove a motorcycle on stage and go, it's it's last call. By the way, your ride's here. You yeah. know, and, and, and he jumps on the back. He didn't rehearse it. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. I could have killed the guy before he ever became famous. I mean, I, you know, we literally, he gets on and gig, 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 when I hit the fucking steps and down the hallway and people are jumping out of the way and right out on the sunset. I mean, it, it could have been, uh, you know, but after that, man, like I didn't see him for two weeks because I guess he was working. And then right. I walk in the back uh, bar at the comedy store and Jimmy Schubert, get over here, you crazy motherfucker. <laughs> and he's with Lorraine Newman and Randy Quaid. Right. And then he told them the story. And to hear him tell the story, I was like, oh. Wow, that sounds really cool. I just thought I didn't. I thought it was cool, but it was like he was the way he told it made it seem even cooler. But he always like after that he was like, yeah, he he kind of liked me, and uh, and then uh, but he made me showcase right. with, with they were looking at a couple of the guys, and I was one of the guys they showcased for. Mm-hmm. And the first night I worked with him was a place called Bogarts in Cincinnati, and uh, and it was like you know a thousand people it was like standing room only, and, mm-hmm. and I kind of lost him a little bit, but I hung in there. And I kind of got them back on board at the end, you know, for right. a 15, 20 minute set. And I thought that was it. I'm done. And he goes, no, he goes, I would rather see you. Now I know you can handle it. You know, I, I'd rather see you have a set like that. I mean, anybody go out and kill. And then next thing you bought, but you started off Rocky, but you pulled it back out. So he was, uh, he was great. And Sam was a great mentor to me too. I mean, good, getting to watch his creative process, getting to watch him work. Don't get me wrong. All the other stuff, all the drugs and the party and all that stuff, I could have done without any of that. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I did imbibe at the time, but I'm lucky to be alive. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I that was my probably least favorite part of, of, of all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about it now and I, I get sick to my stomach. Just even that I even just let myself get involved in, in all the craziness. It was fun at the time, I guess. I was a kid, but, I, you know, I just, just one of the things I do regret about the, well, that's, you know, you know what, that. just, just having you say that. And when you look back, you know, you learn when you look back. So if, if you have those feelings about stuff you've done, I look at it, they're like, okay, you're evolving. I'm evolving. I, I know not to do that again. If I didn't learn from it, then it was, then, then it's a mistake. If you did. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. You learned, absolutely. You, you you, you're not. right. And, and you know, the other thing was, it was a period in time 
where it seemed like that was people were doing that kind of thing. And it wasn't just Sam. It was like everybody yeah, else. Around it was there. the 80s. I mean, like, geez, I mean, you know, we like were doing coffee. You can't get addicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were doing. I remember <laughs> Sam was in AA. I remember Sam started going to AA because I thought it was like a crazy. I said, let's just, I don't, you know, I said, I, and I started going to AA with him, and, uh-huh. you know, just to get just to get, you know, some focus and just to get a little bit of put a little distance in between you and the party. And and uh, he 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 had uh, uh, Ozzy Osbourne was his sponsor. Uh, that's 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 uh, that's uh, that's, uh, that's uh, so uh, it's, that's, I know. I know right? So he's a sponsor. So one night we're at the Rainbow Room and we're like, you know, we've been doing pretty good. We got like 88 days. Right. And we're going to the meetings and we're going, oh, you know, and next thing you know, I see Ozzy Osbourne and he's got a Dr. Seuss hat on and he's bouncing <laughs> off the fucking Sam, fucking Sam, you know. And uh, next thing you know, uh, Sam looks at me and goes, hey, fuck it. I was sober for 88 days. I already have a keychain. Next thing you know, the three of us are in the back bathroom doing bumps off a of fucking Ozzy's nail. So we're doing bumps and balls. And then fucking Sam calls his limo guy. The limo guy pulls up. And then Ozzy gets in. I get in. Sam gets in. And then a blow dealer gets in. They're yeah. going to get some blow. And Ozzy's sitting on the end. And he looks at the blood dealer and goes, do you believe in evil? Do you believe in the power of the dark forces? Do you believe it? And he's freaking this fucking guy out. He goes, no, man, I just try to stay positive. I try to stay upbeat. I try to stay positive. He goes, that's a shame because you're going to have a series of very bad dreams for the next few nights. I go, apparently Satan can't control his drinking and drug problem, but he's going to curse your life. It was, it was, those, those, but I mean, those, those are the, those are the moments. Those, Jimmy, those he's, moments. He's saying he's wearing a Dr. Seuss hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable, man. It was, it was, but you see all the, all the, all those craziness, all that craziness. It was all like, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm lucky surviving. I, you know, glad, glad we, you know, they were done with it, but that was a, uh, it was crazy. But at the same time, it, it was kind of a little bit fun. I'm not going to, you know, yeah, but I, w- sure. I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. I mean, <clears> and, <throat> and things happen as you get older, things happen and other things happen that make you take stock. If you will, like, like your motorcycle accident. I remember when that yeah. happened. That was, that was, that was scary. Yeah. Yeah. I almost lost my leg. Uh, and so uh, I was lucky and, and Mitzi Shore, uh, I needed another surgery and she, she hooked me up and helped me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it all makes you take stock. You know, it really yeah. does. I, I mean, I just think about it and just uh, we got a little lost along the way, but the good news is we're way ahead of schedule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, you know? that, you're so, one of those guys. It's like everyone, everybody knows you. Uh, everybody, No one has a bad word to say about you. And you're one of those guys when you said, like, Mitzi helped me out, this guy helped me out. But you're always there to help other people out. I mean, you, you've helped me I, out I a feel an obligation. Deal. I feel an obligation to do because there's so many people. I mean, even Paul Mooney. Just talk with Paul Mooney outside the comedy store and he would say things to you and we give you these little nuggets of advice which set you on a path mm-hmm. to, to figure out how to become a better performer or a better stand-up comedy and and, and sam gave you some of those little pieces of advice too and, and lebeau had them and, and everybody had them. i mean you know you get, i get to talk with gary shandling about you know i gave him a tagline to a joke one night because i used to work at the comedy store i said well why would i don't want to i said but maybe like you know, he was talking about his contact lenses being so thick. I said, when when I walked down the street and the cars hit their high beams at me, or something, I think it was the tagline I gave him. He goes, oh, I, I, I love me. He goes, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then I got to sit there and talk to him for about 20 
minutes about stand-up comedy about do you just because I know sometimes you did clean stuff and sometimes you did dirty stuff. He goes, Yeah, I just write what I write. And right. obviously if I'm doing a tonight show, I do clean stuff. But it was really like having access to these really great uh comedy minds and you were able mm. to ask them questions and and so they always had a, a word or a little uh, encouragement and so i feel an obligation to as far as a, as being like a, a good ambassador to the art form as mm. i always feel obligated if i see somebody that i think is talented or has ability or or to always give them a, you know if i can help in any way i do you know yeah. <laughs> I, I i was very fortunate um to have uh to, to have that done for me by people that were like you know Carlin did that for me. Carlin gave me not only yeah. told me I had a good joke and then gave me some advice. And I was like, holy shit, it's George Carlin. Yeah, Carlin's my Carlin's you know? my guy. He's my he's my number one. I just yeah. love the way that guy played with language. You put it back together. Yeah. I've met him a couple times with Sam, but yeah, it's always great. It just it just lets you know you're on the right path. Yeah. Even a couple kind words from Carlin yeah. or, or someone like that that believes in you keeps you going on your yeah. on your on your journey. You yeah, know? Bill Hicks did that for me. Bill Hicks, yeah. Bill Hicks gave me a tag to a joke when I just started out, and then I ran into him a couple of months later in L.A., came up to me smoking a cigarette, remembered the tag, remembered, the, remembered my name, remembered the tag, remembered the joke, and say, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, wow, it wasn't just a thing he did and forgot about it. He, I, he, actually, yeah. he actually remembered it. So I, that, that, that moved me a great deal. But when you give advice to people and you do it, I think that's – that's the person you were. I mean, you're a comic is what you do, but this is what I always admire about you is the, is the guy you are, you know? Oh, thanks, man. That's, uh, the feelings are mutual, buddy. I mean, we've, we've hung out, you know, over the years, you've always been a, a world-class dude, you know? You've been, always been gracious and, uh, you know... We, well, I just remember I mean, being in the back of a pickup truck going, all right, his father was a homicide detective. If, if anything <laughs> worse, he'll, he'll solve the crime if we don't make it out of here. <laughs> That's so funny. I still got to... I always got that cop mentality. I'm always looking at... <laughs> am I, am I, it's just like still... The, I know. I, you know, I remember getting up in the morning and, you know, you're coming down for breakfast to go to grade school and you see sometimes your dad would come home exhausted and just throw the crime scene photos the thing and they'd spill out of the folder and <laughs> see the guy he's just missing half his fucking head because he took his life with a shotgun and hey we're gonna get some eggs and then we're gonna go to school all right <laughs> you know or at the time he come in and tell you a bedtime story about the pimp they found that they found a, a, a head uh, you know they found a human head you know he told me this story about this bus driver he goes that bus driver comes in and before he take the bus back into the station he'd stop off at his bar he'd go in and get a shot in a beer you know mm -hmm. get a flat in a ball and this is one morning he comes out, he gets his bat and boy, he comes out, he sees this little Christmas box with this thing. And he and he, grab, he walks over and he grabs a bag and he goes to the bus, he closes the door and he thinks he hit gold. He opens the bag and out comes a human head, rolls down the, the steps of the bus and he opens it. And, and he goes back in, he gets another uh, he gets another bat and a ball and calm his nerves and the cops show up and they got a human head there and they got it in the back of the pickup truck and the cops just, it's like seven o'clock in the morning they're torturing people. Hey, is this, do you recognize this head? And the people are freaking ah! <laughs> out. And so, uh, and so then they find the, then they found a body without a head down at the city dump and they put two and two together and they, well, they, well, they were trying to identify the head. So they took it down to the methadone clinic and one of the guys said, well, that looked like Leroy, but last time I saw him, he was a hell of a lot taller than that. <laughs> you know, and it's just the head. And, and then they solved the crime because they found a body to dump. Anyway, you kids sleep. Sleep good tonight. All right, there's a bedtime story. And the Philadelphia <laughs> police detective, you know what I mean? It was like, it was just, uh, you know, and, but uh, yeah, but he, my dad has to, to 
greatest cop stories. Yeah. Because this was before, this was like, this was before DNA databases. Yeah. When you actually had to do real police work and, and uh, not that there's not real police work, right, but right. it was all like, you know, you know, you're going to have to wear out a lot of shoe leather investigating sure. and, and doing those kinds of things. And so, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, and, and that, when you were a kid, you you're a magician. Not only you're a magician, but you're a good musician. You got passed at the at the at the Magic Castle. Uh, yeah. And well, the you comedy know came. With, to... The comedy came. Bef- I mean, the the magic came before the comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I used to do that when I was a kid. Like when I was like nine, I got a magic kid. Uh, you know, I had six brothers. It was like you know, you just kind of find your identity. I started doing magic. I liked the way uh, I like was able to do that, and then I started getting into it. And by the time I was like thirteen, fourteen, I had become like a kind of an accomplished professional magician. I had doves. I was doing like three or four gigs, five gigs. Of, you know, I was doing like two fifty, three hundred a show. We're mm-hmm. doing twenty minutes worth of magic for like Boy Scout jamborees and birthday parties. And so I was making gigs and my dad had to drive me to the you know, some of these things. I was a member of this thing called Southampton Star Showcase. This woman was like the Broadway Danny Rose in Northeast Philly. She spoke of these long Capri cigarettes. She said, set tape queued up, sweetie. And, you know, you're doing the Brene Brith Temple performing for these people who are ancient and just trying to, and he, he's trying to do this. Do this thing. I don't know, man. I got, I got bit by the show, bug, show business bug early. I was doing all that stuff. And, I mean, I think about it now, and it just boggles my mind. I've been performing, yeah. like, my whole life, you yeah. know? And so... Um, yeah, man, I've been very blessed too. I've been very blessed and just uh, that, I, that I was able to do this and kind of go after it. And, and then, don't get me wrong, but my, you know, my old man would give me, you know, he's driving me to the show to beat a pickup truck. I'm in this oversized hand me down tuxedo with my doves and a shoebox and holes in it. And he goes, You're not, <clears throat> now you practice, right? You're not, <clears throat> you're not going to be giving the people short shrift. Huh? <clears throat> I go, Short shrift, but you know, it's, uh, you know, Flim flam, I mean, flim flam, you know, kind of, you know, he's just me with all these, all these like terms, like yeah. you can call, you know, they call them counterfeiters, they call them, they call, used to call it pushing queers. Right. They would counterfeit money and the flim flam and, and short shrifting and, yeah. and all that like con stuff they used to do. And, and so that, like, I formed a production company. I call it No Short Shrift Incorporated is my, is my company that, you know, do, the, that does my specials and my right. albums and stuff. But based off those conversations I used to have with my dad in the first pickup. Yeah, on the way to magic show gigs, you know. That's great. He took you. He supported you. He wanted to make sure you were good and everything. It's, yeah, yeah. man, absolutely, dude. Uh, you know, absolutely. I, I mean, and I, I have a lot of gratitude in my life for 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 all of it. You know, I'm very, you know, and, and you know, and this to, to be able to go to like Russell Peters, who was a judge the year I did Last Comic Standing, took me to India. Yeah. That. That's not like a world class trip. It's amazing. Our buddy Kevin James, who put us on that episode that you and him did, yeah, yeah. which was great. And we played with that, which was awesome. But I mean, you know, they put me on the King of Queens 15 times. I mean, it was, it was a, like, it was like, it was awesome that, you know, that, that you had these friends who would always kind of help out. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm, ter- I'm tremendously grateful for, for those opportunities and that, 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 that you, you were, you were able to fulfill, you know, step in and, and get, and get some opportunities and, yeah, yeah man, have fun I, doing I just, it and enjoyed it. It's it's. Yeah, I'll absolutely. tell you this. Here's what I learned. Here's one of the things that I've learned that I took with me on the ride, Jimmy. Right now, that that, yeah. that kind of just something that sustains me when I get when I get too much in my head is worry is not responsibility. That one that one really rang the bell with me because I always saw my father worried about making the making the rent and pay, feeding everybody and yeah. hustling and everything. So I thought I had to be that way to be the man of the house. 
but when I when I got to the point where worry was not responsibility, I could enjoy a lot of things. Uh, a, a lot. I could enjoy things more. Does that make any sense? Yeah. No. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because I, I I've since uh, you know I've kind of moved out of Los Angeles during the pandemic. I mm-hmm. moved down here to Delray Beach, Florida, and you know I lived in LA for twenty three years, and uh, you know the, the second time, but I was just. Uh, I've been doing this like yoga, this Raja yoga like mm-hmm. three times a week. And it's just, uh, you know, it's all about that meditation sure. and just those kind of things. You think about that, you go, yeah, you know, be present, enjoy your life, enjoy all of it. I mean, you think back of it because I used to be sometimes when you're all caught up in it and you're pushing and you're yeah. trying to get to the next thing and you, you can't can't relax and enjoy what you have. Yeah. And there's, there's, you know? there's no answers outside of you. <laughs> you know, I've learned that you, too. Abs- absolutely, man. That's a great point. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, especially lately, I I feel tremendously grateful for for all the, you know, me too. I look around, I got a great wife. I got great friends and, uh, and, and, and and I, and I know you, my friend, and you're, you're a really good guy. I have to play this to you because I went looking for it. I found one of my favorite bits of yours and, uh, I just wanted to play that. We'll go out on this, my friend. Tough being healthy. I was just place called Hugo's for breakfast the other day. They had a thing on a menu called a protein scramble. In my head, I'm going, that just sounds healthy. And I read the ingredients. Basically, it was an egg omelet with chicken meat in it. Yeah, a chicken omelet. Which is wrong. You don't take the eggs out of the chicken and then cook the chicken and put it in the eggs. That's too much chicken. Who? Who? Who the hell's back there cooking? Some kind of chicken cereal killer? Ha! Huh? Who's, who's working the grill? The barnyard strangler? People, that's an omelet that spans two generations of chicken. That's not breakfast. That's a vendetta. Who's, who's, who's ordering breakfast? Tony Soprano? Listen, I want your chicken dead. I want his family dead. I want his upball babies dead. I want eight chickens coming back at me. After I ate my breakfast, that's not right. Oh, is that funny? Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, one of, it's one of my favorites as well. Yeah, and a true story. You go to Hugo's, they have thing called the protein. Yeah, it's, 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 it's on Santa Monica. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing? Doing all this stuff? I'm doing great, man. You know, a couple of acting gigs, and thank God, stand up is coming back. I miss it so much, and and you. You know, I love doing this podcast. Uh, you know, I you have to put stuff out on the internet, but I just miss being. You need the reps to be a, a good stand-up. I was talking with Brian Regan. You know, when you're thinking about this, we were just talking about. It, he goes, "I never really thought about anything beyond being just a great stand-up." I mean, like yeah. that used to be just enough to be a great stand-up, but now you need a podcast and yeah. and all that other stuff. So, and I guess this is kind of. Uh, yeah, I got people thinking along those terms anyway. So I, I guess, I guess, I guess it's good enough. You know. Yeah. Hey. I guess everybody's gonna start doing. It. That's what we need a few more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever someone goes, "Hey, you want to do a podcast?" I always hear, "Hey, you want to get canceled for something you said ten years ago?" <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. People have been fired from for tweets. It's a yeah. tweet. Yeah. It's a tweet. How'd you lose your job because of a tweet? It just sounds ridiculous to me. It sounds so. Freaking ridiculous! What'd you get fired for? A tweet. Yeah. You know, it's me and my you, big we, We've really become kind of silly as a species. You know, we're the only species that goes into the woods, cuts down the trees, turns the pulp from the trees into paper, and then writes "Save the trees" on the fucking paper. <laughs> That's how stupid we are That's as a species. But I, I've lost. I mean, 
you know, you really are, are, are witnessing the end. I mean, you know, you, we say, well, we're the dominant species, but a spider can build a house out of its asshole. I mean, how, are we the, how can we claim to be the dominant species? Like you, you look at you, you, like, like just the way people act, just the way people act anymore. Like, the, the, you know, the only time my generation did any panic buying was when the bartender said, it's last call. That's it. That's, that's the panic buy. It's last that was call. It. You, know, you, were, you, you weren't grabbing up all the toilet paper. Wait, which grandma is supposed to wipe her ass with? You know what I mean? Her, her, her big girl panties look like a look like a high school parking lot because you had to grab all the toilet paper. I mean, these people, like, I mean, where is the, like, you know, the thing is that, like, we don't even, like, it's so, people have gotten, like, so, like, they don't care about people anymore. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's actually sad that, you know, the, like, these Instagram models, like, no, they're, they're, you don't get to call yourself a model. There's, there's a standard of yeah. beauty attached to being a model. That's because you take pictures in swimsuit doesn't mean you're a model. Like, like, like if I stand up on stage and say I'm a comedian and nobody laughs, am I still a comedian? Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's like por- the word porn star. I wouldn't star. Don't get me wrong, just legitimate porn stars. But you were just somebody who takes your clothes off and lets strangers fuck you while somebody else films it. I wouldn't say star. I mean, star has a connotation to it. You're just somebody who makes really bad decisions, and the internet's there to remind you that that, that for all perpetuity that you've made a stupid decision with your life because it will never go away. I mean, like these people, it's. It's it's uh, we we're living in the upside down. Yeah, Einstein said uh, the the two things that are infinite are the universe and human stupidity, and I'm not too sure about the universe. So <laughs> if he right. can't figure it out, two schmucks like us, we ain't got a yeah, shot. That's, that's right. Like, hey, look, if Jeff Bezos and Bill <laughs> Gates can't keep their wives, what chance do the rest of us have? You know what I mean? That's, 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 money can't buy love. I mean, what what chance do we got? You know. Uh, you're but, a funny uh, guy, and I'm glad we're friends, my friend. If uh, people want to get a hold of you, where do they go? They go to jimmyshubert.com. They can pick up my new hour special. You can download that off my website on the uh, Vimeo platform. Also, Jimmy Schubert on Twitter and, and Instagram. And uh, you can go just go to jimmyshubert.com. It'll take you to all those different places. If you want to follow me, click and join to follow me and uh, go to my YouTube channel and everything else. And uh and I'll see you out there. I'm probably, they're getting back. The dates are coming in. We're getting ready to go to Vegas. Got a couple dates in Vegas. Getting mm-hmm. ready to go back home. Thank God the comedy thing's coming back. So uh, just check my schedule and we'll be out there doing stand-up for you. I love you, pal. Best to you and the family and stay safe. I love you too. Um, thanks, buddy. Cool. Peace out. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you're in the back of a limo with Sam Kennison, Ozzy Osbourne, and a Coke dealer. And Ozzy asks you a peculiar question. Do you believe in evil? <laughs> Do you believe in the power of the dark forces? This might cause you a little anxiety. So why don't you do what I do? Take one of the gummies they have at cruiseintowellness.com. They also have edibles, tinctures, pain creams, bath products, pet products. There's a bath bomb that my wife just loves, don't you, honey? Yes, I do. See that? And you get 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. 20% off anything they have at cruiseintowellness.com. Go! Feel better. I'm Jimmy Schubert, and that's 30 minutes. I'll never get back. Ah, I had so much fun catching up with Jimmy. He had such great stories. And, you know, and I'm so glad he's clean. Apparently, Ozzy's not his sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I get it. I know why Sam wanted somebody famous, because they understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, they understand the same. They're crazy. They understand the crazy. They understand the pressure. They understand also the the bullshit they tell themselves and other people. So it makes sense. But I would have been like, this is Ozzy. He's your sponsor. Like, I don't think this is going to work out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. The only thing I can actually say about that is you don't want your sponsor carrying an eight ball. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably, yeah. <laughs> no. I don't mind the Dr. Seuss idea. hat, but you should not be you should not be carrying blow if you're going to be an example to my sobriety. Well, That's all I'm saying. Well, I don't think he was carrying it as much as because Sam had to call the limo guy to go get it. Do you believe in evil? <laughs> Do you that believe in the was dark the forces? <laughs> How can you? I mean, just put yourself in the in the shoes of the dealer, and he's in the limo with Kennison and with Ozzy. Yeah. Ozzy looks at him. This is Ozzy Osbourne, who is bitten the head off a bat. This guy, and he's. Do you believe in a power of evil, mate? Here's, here's when you know you're in, you're in a no win situation. When the coke yeah, deal yeah. is the optimist, that's when you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I'm trying yeah. to stay positive, man. Yeah, the, and I try to stay upbeat. Yeah. I try not to do it yeah. in the morning, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Do, do yeah. you have, ever have situations like that where you know you shouldn't laugh? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like it's it's you should be the adult in the room. You shouldn't laugh, but it's just hilarious. Yeah, like when you're kneeling you down see at a what's ca- happening. You know it's not right, maybe. Yeah, like when you're kneeling down at a casket. <laughs> <laughs> if, like if the, yeah. the hair is a little wrong or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And by the way, I obviously never had any interaction with Sam Kennison. Right. But in my mind, these stories are exactly the kind of stories that I would expect from a guy like Sam Kennison, just from everything you heard. That, of course, his sponsor was Osby Osborne. Oh, yeah. And of course, they fell off the wagon because Ozzy just comes out. Yeah, come on, mate, let's go. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, again, without ever knowing the dude, that's just sort of what I always envisioned what his life was like. So to hear yeah. that validation and, oh, my God, I just. What a wild time that must have been for those guys. And yeah. Jimmy became friends with him because he rode a motorcycle on stage to pick him up after his set. You're like, that's and, okay. Right. At, at did the I get that store. right? Did I get that right? That that wasn't rehearsed? He just did that no. and they didn't really know where they were going? No. Listen, listen, I don't know if you know this about Jimmy and Sam. Ozzy is not the first time that they did coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that makes sense. You, you have to. Yeah, admit, they may have had some experience. You, you guys have to admit that is a cool move. That's a great That's move. A, you kidding mm-hmm. me? Phenomenal. I right? love it. Yeah, yeah. And Jimmy's one of those guys. Every time I see him, it's a, a big hug, big smile. It tells stories. It's just like that interview was. We'll say something yeah. from our past that we did together, and then and then we're just off. Like that story about us in the pickup truck. I really don't know how the hell we got home. I remember. <laughs> I remember we we were at the Tempe Improv, and I think it was New Year's, and we ended up going to this party mm-hmm. in the back of a pickup truck heading out into the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, it usually doesn't end well for you people when you do that. No. Yeah. No. no and, that was funny, yeah. And you don't remember how you got in the back of a pickup? You don't remember how? No. Especially, and, and if you're in the pickup heading out to the desert and you look down and you see shovels, this isn't going to no, go well. That's yeah, not yeah, a yeah, good yeah. sign. It was a work truck. It wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, it's a limo with a hot tub in the back. This was a, some guy's work truck with like a, a, a ladder rack and rakes and shit. <laughs> a weed eater. Yeah. The next night at the club, no idea how I got home. No clue. <laughs> and I and I remember I remember sitting there and Jimmy didn't either. I'm, I'm thinking about it. And Jimmy's a big guy. I figured, well, I'll be all right. I'm with Jimmy. His father's a cop. He had no clue either. He had no. <laughs> he was just as scared as I was. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- that was one of those times where I was like, you know what? This is this is the lesson learned. And I never really went to a party after that where I wasn't. I'd have my own way home. I didn't have to rely on anybody else, you know, because you, you, you never want to be in that situation. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So apparently it's the last time I went out into the desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would creep me out a bit. Like, okay, let's go to this party. And then you're, you keep driving and driving and driving. Yeah. I'll be like, in trouble mm. when the paved road stops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I love you references uh, Jimmy's dad being a cop. Talk about somebody that's not qualified for something. Mm. That man might be a great cop, not qualified to tell bedtime stories. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so they cut the pimp's head off and everybody went home happy. All right. Good night, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to say your prayers. <laughs> Don't be a pimp. Yeah. God. Uh, I always thought Stephen King would be the worst guy telling bedtime stories, but Jimmy Schubert's yeah. father, I think, takes the cake. Yeah. My dad would wake me back up if I fell asleep. I'm not done with the story. I'm like, Dad, the whole really? idea is for That's me to get hilarious. to sleep. You understand the concept? He would. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. He's falling asleep during the story. He falls asleep. Uh, it ain't over yet, Phil. Wake up. <laughs> At least your father told you the story. My father be like this. Uh, three bears. You know how it ends. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't ever remember having story time when I was a kid. No one ever really read me a story. That's so Not bad. your mom? No. Not the your dad never told you a story about the mortgage? once upon a time there was a thermostat that you kept high on 78 (laughs) when the children touch the thermostat they die a painful death (laughs) this is a life lesson (laughs) go to sleep you think that's funny you'll be begging for a wolf to blow your house down you touch that friggin' thermostat (laughs) don't make no noise all right get out of here he chose bed time as life lesson time yeah life lesson time my dad (laughs) yeah see my dad was like a big world war ii fan Mm -hmm. so my bedtime story would be like and then the allies got ready and they landed (laughs) once upon a time there were tanks heading to best stone (laughs) (laughs) oh dad tell the best stone story again yeah tell me about that yeah that's what you want a veteran having a flashback at the time he's telling the story (laughs) i didn't really uh, I didn't really get bedtime stories, mm. but I did. We did fall asleep to Disney. Oh yeah, like they put on Disney, and then I just remember with one eye open them carrying us to bed. Oh, that's nice. That was our bedtime oh. story. That was that was the best thing about being a kid. You can go anywhere, like your aunt's, your uncle's house, wherever it was. You could be in your pajamas. Totally acceptable. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally acceptable. <laughs> I, True. I, yeah. Is that For- why you go now? I, I go in my pajamas now because I, it's uh-huh. a pandemic and I'm never putting on pants again. That's the one thing I've taken from it. I'm going everywhere. <laughs> in your pajamas. In pajamas. You're not alone. But that was nice. You know how many times I'd be in the back seat pretending I was asleep so my father would carry me up like, I don't want to walk. <laughs> I don't, I'm not getting a story out of this guy. At least he can carry me to bed. So he'd fake sleep? Yeah. <laughs> fake sleep so he'd carry put me to bed. Do you think he knew? I think he knew. Oh. Yeah, he I, knew. He knew. I get a chance to hug. You know, my dad was a big guy. I hang on. I'm like a, yeah. like a little That's chimp. That's sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. Never got a bedtime so you were, story. So you were 17 when you would do that? Seven, 23. <laughs> <laughs> I was home from college. I was I was feeling yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wearing a onesie. <laughs> but no, I never got I never got the bedtime story. I used to love when I hear my, my parents and their friends downstairs laughing when I was asleep. Mm-hmm. That that was always a good night's sleep. I like that too, like when we used to go camping. Yeah. And they're all by that. You can hear the cr- cracking of the fire, the fire yeah. and then them talking about their day or whatever. And laughing and stuff. Yeah, yeah you felt like you were part of it. And, and and you know know what else? I'm be like yeah. Oh, that lady did what? Like yeah, I, yeah. I'd find out what they really thought of people. Yeah, yeah. Aunt Sheila's not outdoorsy. She she's a drunk. 
<laughs> That's why she passed out in the bushes. I was going to say, I, you know, I don't want to cast aspersions on your Italian family from the New York area, but anytime did you ever hear anything that might have been state's evidence? No, you know? I, would, I would hear this. I would, I would, I would hear this once in a while. Going, you know, everyone's all, all concerned and everything. Just calm yourself. Everything is. It, it's all circumstantial. They got nothing. So you never heard like people planning stuff? No, no. I, I heard a lot of what they're not going to do. What do you mean? That's the, that was the big thing. They're not going to do this. That was a lot of things in my family. Is like, listen, listen, I'm not going to be the one to tell him. He's an asshole. Why should I point it out? <laughs> That's funny. And who's him? Could be anybody, right? Yeah, you you, you don't know. You would just hear yeah. it's like, look, I'm gonna tell him his daughter can't act or sing. Forget it. <laughs> Let somebody else jump on that grenade. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna be me. Do me a favor, pass me the cookies. <laughs> That's hilarious. Pour me another cup of coffee. Yeah, is there any more gin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So your mother would have been truthful truthful in that situation. That no, my mother's very truthful. Mm-hmm. Yes. My mother my mother just to a fault the first time she met you mm-hmm. i bring alex to the house boys she sits down my mother's like uh, adam why don't you tell me you're bringing people over the house i'd put on a bra come on in <laughs> she did that yeah she sits down people. yeah she pours she pours alex a cup of tea she looks at the tea she looks over the tea she goes so what are you <laughs> she wanted to know what i was yeah <laughs> how did you feel about that alex what are oh, you i thought it was hilarious yeah I, I, mean, I loved I her mom. instantly. Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. And okay. she came right See, if you like, do it the right way, you come across, you, people will love you. Because if you don't do it the right way, people are just like, what an asshole. I don't want to, I want to hear this from that person. But yeah. your mom, I don't know what it is about her. She can tell the truth straight at you, and you want to give her a big bear hug right after. Yeah, because yeah. there's no agenda with my mom. There's not. There's nothing hidden. Like, you know. I don't have that. That's why I did that's why I didn't say, look, this kid's never gonna make it. <laughs> Tell her to become an accountant. Yeah. Much safer trip. Much was safer you. path. Listen, if yeah. I was you, Bitcoin. Teach the kid how to understand that. <laughs> that's where you're gonna make your money. I wanna thank Jimmy Schubert for being my guest. Uh, he's a very funny guy. Please follow him at Jimmy Schubert on all social media. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrar at Gmail. Uh, and the show's growing. Please tell someone you love about the show. That'll help us out a great deal. And if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And always remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. Part is ended. Go in peace. I got offered when I first moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. I got offered to be the weatherman. <laughs> I Say did. what? Partly cloudy with a chance of incompetence. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project 
in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.